Welcome back. Remember Yankees baseball? I know, right? I don't remember the last time we had three consecutive days off, two due to rain. But I do remember in 06, because there was a lot of rain, that the Yankees had that five-game series against Boston, and they ended up sweeping them at all five. I just remember being like, on cloud nine. Wasn't quite the same, but the Yankees did take care of the Rangers two out of three at the top of the week slash the end of the weekend. And um, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about it. Welcome to the show. Let's get to it. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Dexterity as well with the left hand. Welcome to BD4, episode 365 of the podcast. Yes, yes, welcome back. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and once again, you are watching or maybe listening to episode 365 of BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game. MMA on the weekends when we can get to it. Usually do the bigger pay-per-view events. We do the previews and the recaps and um, look forward. Look forward, folks, to uh, probably towards the end of the week, maybe more the weekend, the upcoming weekend, for our UFC 274 recap. Um, most likely going to have one. And um, I'm going to try to get um, at least one guest to join us this upcoming weekend. It is May 9th as I'm recording. It's Monday, May 9th. But yeah, it was a hell of a weekend for the UFC. So we're going to get to all that in one of these episodes soon. So stay tuned for that. Um, It was also Mother's Day on Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all of the uh, mothers out there. Um, I'm going to say something. Okay, and in the, you know, watching the Yankees on Mother's Day is always fun. It's an afternoon game, good feel to it. Are we overdoing it a little bit with the pink here? Just a little bit, you know. Like I like the um. I feel like it used to just be the arm sleeves and the wristbands, but now we got the bats, the glove, the cleats, the hat. All over the hat. You got a gray hat. 
the pink logo. I mean, it's everywhere. The eye black, the fingernails, if you're a catcher. Well, that's always been. But, like, we're overdoing it, man. It just doesn't, it looks a little tacky. Nothing against mothers. It's just the color scheme doesn't work when you overdo it. But, um, <laughs> no, happy Mother's Day to all those out there. Uh, it was a good weekend for the Yankees. And uh, we're going to get into it. We are going to get into it. Um, so, again, episode 365 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. If you are new here, be sure to subscribe to the show if you have not yet on all the platforms. Download these episodes. If you have not yet downloaded these episodes, be sure you're doing that. And, um, yeah, you can do all that. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. We're currently a five-star podcast and would like to keep it that way. You can listen to us on Spotify, um, Anchor, Google Podcasts, many other listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube and Spotify if you have not yet. So be sure to do that. And if you want to follow me, RJ, your host, on social media, be sure to do that as well. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, r.j.carbone. And I'm also on Instagram. I'm active on there at Rob J. Carbone. That's at Rob J. Carbone on Instagram. Um, so, yeah, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it, and we're going to head to our first break real briefly, and when we get back, I don't think we need to waste any time. We'll get into the NYYMYK MMA question of the day, and then we'll start this one up from there. Stay with us. We will be right back. I just realized my mic was just muted there as I was speaking. <laughs> um, if I remember to cut that part out, I'll try. Uh, welcome back to the show. Episode 365 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Uh, yeah, so we're going to start this one up. 
We're going to begin with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day to warm up. And then from there, we'll get to the series recap, break some things down, talk about what we liked, didn't like, talk about what's ahead, and whatever from there. All right? So let's start up with episode 365's NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day. Alright, so for this episode, episode 365, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day is, in 2011, this Yankees slugger led the American League in both RBIs and runs scored. Who was he? Alright, in 2011, this Yankees slugger led the American League in both RBIs and runs scored. Who was he? Alright, so let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. Now, if you attempt to guess the answer and you get it incorrect, I'll at least let you know what the what the answer is in the next episode. If you do get it correct, I'll give you a shout-out in the next show. Alright, so one last time. In 2011... This Yankee slugger led the American League in both RBIs and runs scored. Who was he? Pretty easy question in my opinion. Um, it doesn't date too far back. So if you're more of a younger Yankees fan, you'll, you'll most likely get this if you're um, you know, a decent fan. But um, yeah, let's get to it. Let's start this episode up. Let's get to the... Um, so the, yeah, there were three off days after that. Um, was it the Royal Series? Yeah, there were three off days. There was the scheduled off day that took place on Thursday, and then there was the Saturday Sunday rainouts. So it's been a bit. It was a bit for from um, since we had Yankees baseball. And it felt like an All Star break. It did, but finally we got it. Uh, and Sunday was the first game of a doubleheader. It was Sunday afternoon. And the Yankees took that one. They did. 2-1. Um, to one. They won 2-1. to one. It was Garrett Cole going up against Dunning. Bottom of the first, the Yankees did put a runner on when Rizzo drew a two-out walk. But they, were, they did strand him. Um, they went down 1-2-3. For the next couple of innings. The bottom of the fourth. Judge and Stanton walked. But then to end the inning. I think it was to end the inning. DJ LeMayu. Um, was it DJ LeMayu? Somebody hits into a double play. I think it was. Um, I don't know. My memory's all fogged. It was long. Yeah it was DJ LeMayu. Because he was batting fifth. He bounces into a double. Or grounds into a double play. Bottom of the fifth inning came. Gallo and Higashioka reach on a pair of errors from Texas. The Yankees don't do anything there. But they finally crack the board in the bottom of the sixth inning. The first ones to score when the Yankees um, had Judge and Rizzo go back-to-back with singles. And then Stanton the deep fly ball for the sack fly to make it one nothing. 
Top of the seventh, the Angels, not the Angels, the um, Texas Rangers do respond. I said Angels because Cole Calhoun was the one who hit the home run. He ties the game with the solo shot. Cole is pulled after six and a third. Bottom of the seventh comes pitching change for Texas as Bush enters for Dunning. Glaber gets a base hit off Bush. Then you have Marvin Gonzalez reaching on another error from Texas. Higgy attempts to sack bunt, successfully works, pushes the runners to, to second and third with one out. Then Aaron Hicks swings through an off-speed pitch for the second out, strike three. Um, another pitching change, you had Santana enter for Bush for Texas. And then Judge in a big spot, second and third, two outs. The Yankees in a tie ball game at the moment. Bottom of the seventh. Judge in a money spot here. Flies out. Um, did it a couple times in a few big spots this series, which we'll touch on in a second. Bottom of the eighth. DJ gets a single, but then we strand him when Gallo flies out later. Bottom or the, the next at bat. I think he was a six or seven inner. Bottom of the ninth comes. The Yankees walk it off. And who but? Glaber Torres to pick up his seventh walk-off hit since 2018 to lead the major leagues. Um, and the walk-off home run to right field makes it 2-1. to one, The Yankees win. Um, now we're going to get to that whole thing with, with Chris Woodward at the end of the show because I've got some thoughts on that. Um, you know, the Yankees were good. Their, their offense wasn't good, but their pitching was good, right? Uh, the bullpen was good, two and two-thirds combined from the pen. One hit, no walks, 4K, zero runs. Lasagna pitched an inning in two-thirds. And then you had Clay Holmes pitch the final inning, getting the win. Garrett Cole, uh, another very solid, very strong start from him. He goes six and a third innings. He surrenders only five hits, one walk. Let's up just that one run off the home run from Calhoun. 10 strikeouts, 114 pitches. Kind of struggled early. Um, first inning, he lets up a few hits. Um, one of them comes off a cutter. The other more of a slider. Then he gets the uh, then he gets the out. He gets the high heat for strike three. Second inning, again, throwing a lot of pitches. Surrenders a leadoff double to Mitch Garver. Later, a walk to Ibanez. But he gets the ground ball to end the inning. He had 47 pitches through the first two innings. But then Garrett Cole got hot and found it. Third inning, he goes 1-2-3 with two strikeouts. Fourth inning, he goes 1-2-3 with a couple of ground outs and a strikeout. Fifth inning, he goes 1-2-3 with a couple of flyouts and a strikeout. Sixth inning, surrenders a leadoff base hit by Simeon, but then gets two more strikeouts and later gets out of the inning. Seventh inning comes... Obviously, he gets the strikeout on the leadoff batter, Mitch Garver, but then that's when he lets up the porcher to um, Cole Calhoun. Um, I did love, though, I have to say, regardless of the home run, I did love the fact that Aaron Boone sent Garrett Cole back out, and he sent him back out because Garrett Cole was aggressively advocating to go back out there, and I love that. This is your ace, your number one guy. Right? The guy you're paying over $300 million to. It's the right move. He's the guy. And that's that's a move that I don't think Aaron Boone does in the past. 
Uh, he's done a few things this series, you know, with Cole, with Cortez involving pitch count, where he's letting them go. Cortez, obviously, a little different story. But, yeah, it was the right move. I had no problem with it. And Garrett Cole looks good. His fastball looked a lot better. It looks fabulous. Um, got a ton of swing and misses with his slider. He's continuing to throw the cutter, which we've discussed. And, you know, people are starting to think, I was listening to uh, the short porch, they made a very good point. People are starting to think Garrett Cole's cheating again, which is awesome because he's obviously not. But the fact that they are thinking that again just goes to show how great he's been. Because this is good. This is a, this is Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole's a good pitcher, guys, without the cheating or not. Um, and and he's you know I was a little worried. I'm not gonna lie. His first what three or four starts, he looked really bad. Um, but now his last 19 innings, he's striking out 25 batters and he's allowed just one run. Overall, from where you know his ERA was at six after three starts, he's cut that all the way down to two six seven. Very Garrett Cole-like. His numbers are great. I think next outing, he's going to face... He doesn't pitch in this Toronto series, which is only a two-game set. But then he pitches um, next in against Chicago. He pitches in the Chicago White Sox series, who have a solid lineup. Despite their season, they do have a solid lineup. He's going up against Dallas Keuchel. I didn't even know Keuchel still existed. I used to be terrified of Keuchel when he was at his peak with the with the Astros. But then towards the end there of his Astros tenure, we started to get to him. And I was like, oh, maybe this guy's not that unstoppable. Because he had that one really good year where his sinker, two-seamer, whatever it was, was just an automatic ground ball. And the Yankees, every time they faced Keuchel for a moment, for a good stretch, were just not going to hit the guy. He was just... A Yankee devastator. But he's facing Cole the next time they go out there. Uh, the lineup in this game. Again, not not great. Uh, just two runs on five hits. Three walks. Had the sack fly. Had a sack bunt in there. Six strikeouts. A double play hit in two. And 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. Leaving eight men on base. Uh, if you're watching the show, you can see on the screen. Glaber led in hits with two. Home runs with one in RBIs, as did Stanton with one each. Stanton, Judge, and Rizzo are the other three Yankees to get on base twice. And uh, I, I think that's really it for the first game of this set. Again, the second game was in the, uh, you know, it was about a half hour later. It was a doubleheader. Uh, this was the game the Yankees lost in this series. It was Jordan Montgomery going up against Otto, and the Yankees dropped this one 4-2 Sunday night. Top of the first, you had, you know, Montgomery was pitching. He kind of over, um, I think he let up a hit, and the challenge was overturned. Ends up getting out of the inning. Uh, bottom of the first, Yankees flirt with something. Aaron Hicks walks, then he steals second base. Anthony Rizzo with one out, gets hit by a pitch, so you got two on here. But then Stanton bangs into a double play. Hopes are crushed there. <clears throat> um, bottom of the second, excuse me. Josh Donaldson with a leadoff base hit. 
Then you had IKF with a one-out walk, putting runners on first and second. Esteban Floreal, who was called up for the twin bill, hits into a force. So there's two outs. He steals second, makes it second and third for Trevino, who strikes out. Top of the third inning, Monty lets up a base hit. Does not end up hurting him as he gets the third out by picking off that base runner. And then the Yankees finally crack the board in the bottom of the third when Aaron Hicks draws a walk and then Stanton brings them home with a two-run bomb. I think it was initially ruled 460-something feet, but the next game this afternoon, Kay said it was it was an error and it was only like only 420-something. Whatever. Um, puts the Yanks up to nothing. Top of the fourth, one, two, three inning for Montgomery. Bottom of the fourth, the Yankees uh, also one, two, three, three straight flyouts. Top of the fifth, Montgomery hits the batter, but then he gets out of that. Bottom of the fifth, the Yankees another one, two, three for them, three straight groundouts. Top of the six comes. You have Eli White. Never heard of him. He goes deep off Montgomery. It's 2-1 to one Yankees. Bottom of the six, Garrett Richards in the game. The Yankees go down 1-2-3 yet again. And then top of the seventh is where it kind of falls apart. Montgomery, on a short leash again, allowed just one batter. And he, leads, you know, he lets up a leadoff double. And right there, he's pulled. 71 pitches, six-plus innings is all he could throw. I don't get this. I don't, it dates back a bit too. I know at least, it, it's at least last season. They did this to him last season. It might date back even further, but they have this really short leash on Montgomery, despite you know, pitching very well for the Yankees. So Michael King enters the game for him with a man on second. And he, you know, he finally lets up a few runs. He has that crash back down to earth game because he'd been so good. You had to think it was coming at some point. He walks the batter to put two on. Then he gets a strikeout. And then he gets a grounder for a force out. Then you've got first and third with two outs. Pinch hitter comes up to the plate for Texas. And Michael King throws a wild pitch. The runner on third base will score. It's tied at two. Yeah, I think he eventually gets an out. But the next batter, Brad Miller former Tampa Bay Ray. He goes yard with a two-run home run, just like that is four to Texas. Bottom of the seventh versus Moore, the Yankees load the bases with two outs, but they get zero when, again, talked about judging these money spots, cannot come through. Santana comes in to pitch, Judge jumps on the second pitch he sees, and he flies out. Bottom of the 8th versus Martin. The Yanks go 1-2-3. In the bottom of the ninth, you have Glaber up, but it's a two-run game. He does walk to lead off the frame, but the Yankees go down from there 1-2-3. Uh, I think DJ in the final at-bat of the game gets a pinch hit opportunity, and he lines out right to center field. Again, the offense was not good, but the bullpen was, the pitching was. Bullpen, uh, I'm sorry, the bullpen wasn't good either. Um... 
three innings pitch, three hits, one walk, four Ks, two runs, which were on King. King pitched an inning and a third, got the loss and the blown save. Peralta pitched 1.2 innings. Quietly, he's been sharp. <laughs> um, Monty was good. Six plus innings, four hits, no runs, um, two, I'm sorry, no walks, two runs allowed, five strikeouts, and he threw, again, 71 pitches. I don't get it. Um, you know, and maybe if Boone let him throw a little more, I know he doesn't get a ton of run support, and I would be livid if I was him, and he is, usually. But I would let him go longer. Maybe he'd get that first win. He has zero wins because he's not getting run support, guys. If he lets him throw 90-something pitches besides 70-something so consistently, maybe the Yankees end up scoring in that extra inning or two he pitches in. Um... But I, you know, this I understood this one because it was a tight game. You have a lockdown pen, man on second. It's a, t- I, I get it, but it's consistently with Jordan. He's just like not allowed to go deep. Um, the lineup, again, like I said, they struggled. Just two runs on three hits, six walks, but six strikeouts, one double play hit into. They were one for six in scoring position, leaving seven on base. He had Stanton, Donaldson, and Trevino, the only Yankees with hits in this game. Uh, You did have three walks for Aaron Hicks, because that's all he does is hunt for walks. You had a walk for Glaber and a pair of walks for IKF. Uh, Again, no DJ in this game. He did not start. Doubleheader rest. He um, got a pinch hit in the final at-bat. And that was the second game of the doubleheader. There's this narrative that, like, if you don't sweep a doubleheader, it's okay. I think it was debunked last year. I forget where I heard it. But I heard it was just, like, some false thing that everybody says. That, like, taking a doubleheader is impossible. I've always felt like we've overblown that. Game three. Um, Yeah, man. Good to bounce back with a win. (laughs) It was a 1-0 game. The Yankees won 1-0. You had Nestor going up against Gray. Bottom of the first versus John Gray. DJ and Judge draw a couple of walks to lead off the ball game. But then Rizzo bounces into a double play. Stanton hits into a ground out. The Yankees get nothing there. Bottom of the second. second. Gallo draws a one-out walk. But IKF grounds into uh, a ground out at third base. Bottom of the third, Gray gets... Three ground outs from the Yankees. One, two, three. Bottom of the fourth, Donaldson gets the two-out base hit. Nothing. Glaber flies out. Bottom of the fifth, Gallo hits a single. IKF pops out in a bunt. Then Burke comes in for Gray, who I think leaves with injury. If I can remember correctly. Yeah, he was hurt. Then Trevino and DJ both reach. Trevino singles. DJ Lemayu draws a walk with one out. So you got the bases loaded. A little bit of a mound visit going on. But then Judge, in another big spot, ends up striking out. And then Rizzo ends the inning also with the strikeout. Bottom of the 6th and 7th were both 1-2-3 innings for the Yankee lineup. They did nothing. Bottom of the 8th comes and they finally break through versus Burke. Judge gets a one-out base hit to lead off the frame. Then Rizzo, with the high 
deep RBI double falling into the left field gap. Puts the Yankees on the board, 1-0, and that was it. The bullpen shot it down from there, 1.2 innings pitched. No hits, no walks, no Ks, no runs. Holmes pitched two-thirds of an inning, got the win. Chapman got the save in the final inning. But this story was not about the lineup, not about the bullpen. The story of this game was Nestor Cortez Jr., Seven and a third innings pitched, one hit, one single, may I add. Four walks, no runs, 11 strikeouts, and 103 pitches thrown. The man had a no-hitter going until he was one out into the eighth inning. Man, I was so annoyed when it happened. I slammed my, my fist onto the table and I was just screaming. I was watching it in the garage. And I stayed. I was supposed to be on campus doing something for school. And I decided to not go. Because I wanted... Because, you know... Listen, I'm superstitious. And I have this routine. At commercials, I get off of my seat. Go inside. Check my phone come back out and it was working with the no hitter going so I kept doing it every inning and I looked up and I'm like oh shit it's whatever time it was I have to go but I see the box score and I'm like oh wait Nestor's throwing a no no I say to myself and so I stay and I continue doing that routine and it's working and this son of a bitch Michael K you know he does it so often I I really have this theory that I think he does it in spite of people who are superstitious because he hates that. He hates how people are so superstitious, so superstitious that he purposely says at the end of every single inning that he's pitching a no-hitter just for the fact so he can... Like, he knows what he's doing is what I'm trying to say. He's doing that on purpose. And it's so annoying because you don't do that, man. You don't do that. You can't. Um, But I was so nervous... Not just because K was going to ruin it, but like, and listen, it's all a fun thing. I know it's not serious, how that, that doesn't work like that, but it's it's a fun thing. And it's like, stop trying to be such a downer. Um, but I was nervous, not because of that, but because it was a 0-0 game. Um, his pitch count was getting up there because he lost a little bit of his command in the final innings up to that eighth. And like... Again, it's a 0-0 game. Higher pitch count than you would have loved for a moment. And I'm thinking, uh, Boone, you know, we saw the Kershaw thing. We know how the Yankees operate. They're extra precautious with their pitchers. I'm just thinking, you know, Boone's going to see the 0-0 game. And he's going to go, well, I have a little bit of uh, leeway here. If I pull him, maybe they won't scrutinize me this much. I actually thought Boone was praying that Nestor would let up that hit so he could remove him from the game without that much scrutiny. But um yeah, yeah, none of that ends up mattering at the end cuz he does give up the you know the base hit. Um but he uh, the dude has been so fantastic. Um he's been so good Nestor has and you know this was actually his second time ever in his career eclipsing 7 innings pitched. 
I remember the first time Nestor Cortez broke out with the Yankees. Like, not broke out. Like, the first time he was pitching for us and he started to pitch well. I was just, I'm like, look at this guy. He's hilarious. I love him. He's changing up the arm angles. He's, you know, adding in some, you know, uh, with the high leg kick and the, the stutter steps, whatever you want to call it. A guy who throws 89, you know, you know, got a, uh, you know, this big short dude with the mustache. He just looks like a meme. He looks like a walking meme. And I was like, all right. You know, this guy's going to be fun until he crashes back down to earth. It's been a bit now, man. I mean, you could definitely make a serious case that this guy's been one of the better starting pitchers in baseball dating back to last season. At least the end of last season when he started to get starts. Because he's been phenomenal. Do I need to say his final line again today? Seven and a third innings pitched. No runs. 11 Ks. Four walks. One hit. Which was just a single, and he only finished. He only finished with 103 pitches. But um, he's so he's so good. This dude's so good. I love how good he is, and he's the number five pitcher, man. He he's he's phenomenal. Excellent way to rebound. You know, an exceptional way to rebound. I shouldn't even say rebound, uh, just because his last two starts haven't been Nestor caliber. He's been hit around a bit. Struggling a little bit with a, with command, but he's still figuring out ways to produce a solid outing. Um, but today, the cutter, that cut fastball, was clicking. You know, they showed a graphic during the no-hitter. Um, I, I think batters were, at the time, I don't know what the final stats were, but this was like towards the end of his outing. Versus his cutter, they were 0 for, 0 for 11 with 8 strikeouts and something, something swings and misses. It was just... It was a dominant cutter today, uh, as it's been most of the year. But um, he now has a four, uh, a one point four, a one four one ERA through six starts this year. And remember, he's faced the Blue Jays twice. He's at the time he faced a you know a hot Guardians lineup, um, and today he goes out there, almost does it, five outs away from a no hitter, um, and didn't. Kluber do that against Texas as well last season, right? And then he never came back. I think he had that one start after where he got hurt in the middle of it, and that was it. But I, I, I love Nesta. He's like our both. You know, Bartolo Colon was kind of like the walking meme. You know, he was like a fun guy who was producing for the Mets at the end there. He's our version, but he's actually really good. And remember... The way he pitches and all this stuff, it makes it seem like he's some 40-year-old dude at the end. He's 26, 27. I think he's 27. He's pretty damn good, man. He's pretty young, pretty good. We've got control. Yankees have team control versus contract. I mean, it's it's fun watching this dude pitch. I love it. Um, Yeah, like I said, the pitching was phenomenal in Game 3. The Yankee lineup wasn't as phenomenal. <laughs> Definitely not great. Only one run came across, five hits, four walks, nine Ks, uh, grounded into a double play. It was Rizzo earlier. 0 for 4 in scoring position, 6 left on base. Uh, Judge, Rizzo, Donaldson, Gallo, Trevino with hits today. Uh, two walks for LeMayu, a walk for Judge and Gallo. Rizzo, again, the only RBI of this game. So, yeah, 
The Yankees take two out of three. One second here. And um, all is good. I, I hope the hitting comes around. Five runs in three games is pretty brutal. You know, Rizzo and DJ have kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit. Um, it sucks to see. You had to know that regression was coming from Rizzo, especially because he was leading baseball in like every category. Um, DJ's been in a bit of a slump, but I'm not too worried. Um, and I get it. You know, the lineup overall hasn't been great. You have three consecutive off days. You know, you have the doubleheader. Then you have a mid-game on a Monday. A midday game on a Monday. <laughs> but at least the pitching continues to be the backbone of this team right now. It's their identity. Which is awesome. That's <laughs> I, I'm always for, remember, I, I always say, give me a pitching team, a great elite pitching team over an elite lineup. Um, yeah. I mean, look at some of the ERAs on this Yankees team. <laughs> Phenomenal. Again, Nestor with the 1-4. Garrett Cole has a 2-6. Um, Tyone has a 2-8. Montgomery has a 2-9. The worst in the rotation is Severino with a 3-7. He's been okay. The bullpen has a 2-3 ERA overall, which is first in the majors. Got guys like Miguel Castro posting a 1-8. Chad Green with a 3-4. Michael King with a 1-4. Even after the blow-up game. Chad Hol- uh, uh, Clay Holmes with the point six, point sixty. <clears throat> Chapman doesn't even have an ERA. It's still zero. <laughs> and you know we talk about like King and Holmes a lot. How phenomenal they've been. Granted, it's you know their stuff is phenomenal and their upside is large. But Wandy Peralta's also pitched nearly as good as them. Not in the same high leverage spots, but he's got a 1-8 on the year. He comes in, he does his job, and he's pitched in some pretty, you know, no-biting moments. So, the pitching has been a a blessing. Um, Yeah. Talk a little more when we get back. Stay with us. Gonna head to break real quick. Be right back. Hey guys, so I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast, and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. So, if you guys want to follow me on social media, be sure to do so right now. I'm on Facebook at RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. Once again, if you want to find me on Facebook, that is RJ Carbone. Instagram, 
at Rob J. Carbone. Chris Woodward guy, pal. There's there's nothing more beta than somebody who makes excuses. And not only that, but the excuse makes no sense. And this is the same guy, the same manager who was, I'm pretty sure it was him, complaining about the Tatis thing last season, right? Swinging on 3-0 for that home run when they were up big. So Glaber, you know, for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you missed the game. To recap, really briefly, hold on. Excuse me. Uh, Glaber hits a 370. I think it was 370 foot shot to right field to win the game, right in the opening game of the set. So what are we really talking about here, Bell? Because after the game, uh, apparently Chris Woodward in the interview. With the press. I don't have the exact quote in front of me. But I know. He was saying. Um, 99% of ballparks. That ball is a fly out. And it's only a home run. In four other ballparks. 26 out of other twenty six out of 30 ballparks. That's an out. But it's a home run at Yankee Stadium. Because it's a little league park. I'm pretty sure Cole Calhoun's homer. Earlier that game against Colt was even shorter. And then to make it even better, the very next game, the second game of the twin bill, the twin, the, the, the Texas Rangers won the game because of a literal short porcher by one of their hitters. I forget who it was. But I'm, I'm dude, I'm so tired of that excuse. I'm so exhausted from hearing about it because it makes no sense. Both teams play at this stadium. You know that, right? It's not like when the Rangers are up, the Yankees move the walls back. No, it's 314. So if we want to play this game every time a Yankee pitcher allows a home run, I'm going to ride with that narrative now too. And apparently 370 feet is the standard for Little League. So it wasn't like Glaber hit a 314 shot. No, he hit a legit... 317 the other way. That ain't easy. Now, he did walk it back afterwards. He kind of retracted his statements, but that's just to avoid further flack. But it's like, dude, you are looking weak. That is such a beta thing to say. That is such a weak man's thing to say. Oh, it's it's ridiculous, that whole thing. Do I have any other <clears throat> qualms? Hmm. Aaron Hicks has, um, we can't be leading him off. We were doing so well. We were sticking with the same one to six. Really sticking with the same lineup. 
couple of guys different, but we were doing what? We had DJ as the leadoff guy. But for some reason, Sunday, we, we lead off with Hicks. And when we do that, these situations find him. These runners in scoring position, men on base situations happen to find him when he leads off. And uh, you know, don't give me the empty bases stats versus men on base stats to advocate for him at leadoff either. Because he's only a lock to lead off with empty bases once a game. He's guaranteed to get you four, at least four at-bats at a game because he's the number one hitter at the top of the lineup there. Wouldn't you want DJ being that guy? Start me a first inning with DJ, Judge, Rizzo, any day of the week over starting me a first inning with Hicks leading off. The DJ, Judge, Rizzo trio was the reason the Yankees went on that 11-game streak. It was a big reason. So Hicks got to go back to where he belongs, 5-6. And, you know, we talk all the time how we love IKF9, being that he could be back-to-back in a way with DJ three times a game. Aaron Hicks, too, wouldn't be a terrible 9-hitter. We talked about that before. We've went over that before, right? That second leadoff hitter. It's a good spot for him. I, I just don't want him leading off. Because, as we said at the top of the season, when he was batting 330 and leading the team at OPS, he's going to come down to earth and be Hicks again. And slowly but surely, he's you know coming closer and closer to Hicks' numbers. He's a guy who gives you good at-bats and most likely is going to draw a walk and will find his way if he's healthy to 20 homers. But he's not going to be a king with runners in scoring position. He's not going to hit you much. He's just not that good. He's a perfect bottom-of-the-order bat, middle-of-the-order bat I can accept. But don't lead him off anymore. Because those situations just find him. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, you know, talking about Hicks being the anti-clutch, Glaber Torres showing signs, man. Showing signs that he can maybe, possibly, hopefully, become decent again someday. Now this series, he was only 2 for 10. Uh, but he had a single home run, an RBI, a walk in there, 5 total bases. He's been their least shitty hitter recently, I would like to believe, you know. And like we said, he also leads the MLB in, in walk-offs since 2018. He's, listen, already has a couple of walk-offs this season, right? He's always been a guy who's been producing in the clutch. His postseason numbers are good. Runners in scoring position numbers and his late game, last leg, down to your last whatever numbers. You know, He usually comes through in those spots. The RBIs are there. Especially in his last whatever games, they were showing a stat at the top of the uh, third game today. How he's batting, I think, 295, or he might have been over 300 in his last, he was it 10 games, or four, last 14 games, he had 11 RBIs and his average was high. So he's been swinging a little better lately. He's also playing a very good second base this year. The eye test says it. I think he's uh, average to above average, uh, you know, the analytics defensively. But, yeah, I, I thought Glaber, uh, I guess, you know, because the offense was so bad, he was the least chitty, so he deserves to be one of the featured players of the series. Um, also, I have Rizzo, as, as bad as he's been lately, I gave him the other featured player spot, just because he was the only one to drive in the run in the final game, which we took the series because of that, you know? 
Drives in the only run, only run in Game 3 to take the series. Um, two hits in the series, a double and a single, an RBI, two strikeouts, a walk, three total bases. <laughs> when your offense is literally doing nothing for you, you're not going to have standout numbers from anybody. But, um, yeah, man, it, it, was, a, it was a good series. Uh, we're going to head to one more break. When we get back, we'll wrap it up. Stay with us. Be right there. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast, and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. All right, folks. Now, if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a review, if you so please. So once again, this is if you are listening to BD4 on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and review. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode three, 65 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. I was looking on Instagram, just scrolling through yesterday, I think it was, um, Sunday, Sunday the 8th. Yeah. And I, I came across this Greg Maddox highlight. Now, I knew he was a great pitcher, legendary, didn't need velocity, but his two-seam fastball, holy crap. Jesus Christ, there was this clip I saw. The thing is moving like a screwball. It's moving like a, like a cutter going the other way, obviously. I mean, it has so much movement, it looks like an off-speed breaking pitch. This is a two-seam fastball. I didn't realize how good of a two-seam he had. There aren't many guys. I feel like the two-seamer is kind of a lost pitch. Nobody talks about the two-seamer, like a, a traditional two-seamer. I'm not talking about a sinker two-seamer, like a traditional tailing, running fastball. Damn, dude. Look it up if you have not. Go on YouTube because that's what I did. Right after I saw that little clip, I was like, I got to look at these guys, this guy's highlights. But like maybe Bartolo Colon had a really good sinker. But like two-seam, traditional two-seam fastball, Greg Maddox had one. Jesus Christ. It was hot. Speaking of hot, the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds are hot. They won two in a row. Finally have, uh, have six wins on the year. You know who's also very good? The Red Sox. Jeez. I love the fact so much. I don't expect this to last, but I love the fact that the Baltimore Orioles are ahead of Boston in the standings currently. Boston's 10-19. and 19. I know they, I was I have actually been listening to uh Carabas lately in his podcast. He's got 
you know, this is new show, uh, the Jared Carabas podcast, where he talks with his buddies about the Red Sox. And for some reason, I found it. I came across it, and I've been listening to it lately. And from what I'm hearing about, because I don't follow the Red Sox, uh, Devers has been good, JD has been good, and Bogarts have been good. And it's funny that all three of those guys have been good because those are the three guys who are most likely going to enter free agency do they not come to an extension uh, before the season ends. <laughs> the only three who are producing. I've heard Bobby Dahlbeck sucks on both ends. I've heard Verdugo is underachieving. I've heard Trevor's story has been a nightmare. Jackie Bradley Jr. is his normal shit self at the plate. Matt Barnes, I've heard his stuff does not look good. I've heard there's a bit of concern there. Chris Sale had a step back. James Paxton, completely forget about that dude. He's hurt. <laughs> it's awesome to have the Yankees at the very top right now in Boston in the basement. Now, it is baseball. It's a 162-game season. Things will change. I, You know, they're, they're bound to. You're going to have the ups and downs. But right now, I'm definitely enjoying that. Oh. Hey, um, good for uh, Will Middlebrooks, by the way. Umpire, Will Middlebrooks. Good for you, man. Good shit. I have the quote in front of me, and I want to read it, because this literally says everything that I've been saying for a long time when we talk about the pace of the game and this pitch clock bullshit. Will Middlebrooks, umpire Will Middlebrooks, hit the nail on the gosh damn head. On the money with this comment. I'm going to bring it up here. Here it is. So I found this on Instagram. A quote by, by Will Middlebrooks recently. You want to watch something fast? Go watch horse racing. Baseball, you have to think. That's part of it. I'm sorry if you're bored because you want to play on your iPad in the stands. It's not our fault. Quit effing with the game. A little bit of boomer in there. Yes, absolutely. Okay. But is he wrong? Is he wrong? Not really. No. It's right. I mean, it's correct. We, we've been fine all these years. The game has been great the way it is. But all of a sudden, these ADD driven, you know, teenagers and 20 something year olds can't handle the fact that they have to stare at a screen um I'm sorry that they have to that they have to watch a game without looking down at their phone screen they can't do it they can't handle the fact that they they don't have the attention span to watch 3 hours of baseball so they want to change it to cater to them because that's this it's the typical generation today man it's my generation. It's the one beneath me. They want everything to fit them. They won't adopt. They'll try and force you to adopt. And I know, I, I understand I'm coming across as one of those guys. But I, I'm I'm sorry. You could hate that style of, of thinking all you want. It doesn't mean it's incorrect. So I saw that and I was like, wow. Praise to you. Props to you, dude. Because that's perfect. Um. Anyways, back on topic. <laughs> All in all, it's a good feeling right now for the Yankees. They look good. Um, first team in the American League to 20 wins. Nice. Pitching's been phenomenal. Hopefully the bats come back to life versus Toronto this week. 
Big series at home. It's only a two-gamer. But let's sweep these bums. Let's let's sweep them. Fuck the one out of two. Let's sweep these guys. Tomorrow, 7 p.m., you got Severino. Thursday's 12.30. I don't under... What is it with these midday games? The weekends, it's great. But, I mean, it's Monday. It's Thursday. What are we doing? It's probably going to be Schmidt, too, uh, on Thursday, I'm thinking. Because of the whole 23 games and 22 days thing. They're going to go with an extra pitcher, and it's probably going to be Schmidt. But, guys, that's it. That's it. We're going to wrap this up with RJ's parlay real quickly. Welcome to RJ's Parlay, where my degenerate self. I fucking forgot my line. You know the intro we usually do for RJ's Parlay? I friggin' forgot it. Jesus Christ, that's fucking bad. Uh, Tonight's RJ's Parlay. Jesus Christ, man, that was bad. You know the usual intro we have? Oh, where my degenerate self breaks down tonight's big parlay. If I miss, it's not surprising. If I hit, I'll probably lose it all tomorrow night. Because that's how this works. Welcome to RJ's parlay. There we go. Um, Tonight's parlay, we had it on that Celtics-Bucks game. And as you can see on the screen, if you're watching the show, I had every leg but one cash. Which means the parlay busted. Six out of seven. Not good enough for a parlay. Tatum, I had the over 24.5 alternate points. Got that. Brown, over 16.5 alternate points. Little typo there. Got that. Giannis, over 29.5 alternate fucking points. Got that. Giannis, over 9.5 alternate rebounds. Got that. Giannis, over 4.5 alternate assists. Got that. Just got that. Um, Had the over on 213.5 total points alternate. Got that. And then we had the Bucks cover in the one spread. Did not get that. They lost the game. It was plus 778 odds, too. Damn, I was so annoyed. That's it, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate all of you who do. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You're listening to episode 365 of BD4. And I'll catch you in the next one. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm 